Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, everyone. I'm Erica Ellis from Living Joyfully, and we are so glad you have joined us for this episode of the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Pam Larikia, and our guest, Jahira Lutzi. Welcome to you both. Hi. And before we get started with our conversation, I just wanted to mention that we have a variety of coaching options available on our website, livingjoyfullyshop.com. Sometimes it can be so helpful to get some one-on-one support. And Pam, Anna, and I all offer unschooling consultations. And Anna also offers coaching for individuals, couples, and families. So whether you want to talk about unschooling, relationships, work or just life, we'd love to hear from you. You can click on coaching on our website, livingjoyfullyshop.com, and we'll put that link in the show notes as well. So now I'm excited that we have Jahira here with us today. And Pam, do you want to get us started with our conversation? I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jahira, for being here. I have really enjoyed getting to know you for the last while on the Living Joyfully Network. And I know we all appreciate your contributions to the weekly calls because they are always so valuable. So I am very excited for even more people to hear from you. And to get us started, I have a two-part question (laughs) Uh, because I have always loved starting off, um, you know, if you could tell us a bit about you and your family and what everyone's interested in right now. And then I'd love to hear uh, just a quick overview about how you came to unschooling. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, I just want to say thank you so much, Pam, because I, when I found out about unschooling and was looking to dig deeper, it was your podcast that made it possible. When I listened to the stories, I realized, oh, okay, this is real. This can happen. And this woman and all of these people have done it before me. So, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Because um, before that, it was just like, you know, it's just such a radical shift from being in school all your life and knowing that is the only way. So when you when your podcast showed me all these stories about what's possible, and I remember being brought to tears, realizing um, like the depth of what was possible and how it could even heal me. um, I just want to say thank you so much to you and Anna. And other Anna, shout out to other Anna, and now Erica too. Thank you guys so much for doing this for the world. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, so uh, I'm Jahida, and I just celebrated my 43rd birthday, and I'm a full full time uh, stay at home mom. I'm with my kids full time. Um, my favorite thing to do right now is to work out. I have been part of uh, a workout community called Get Mom Strong. I found her on Instagram. And um, I've basically been doing her program for four years now. And, uh, you know, it's it's weight training, it's body weight, and it's also, you know, dumbbells and other small equipment that I've built up um, over the years. And it just makes me feel stronger and more capable, and I've, you know, her way of teaching fitness is basically 
especially for moms is to just, instead of trying to get skinny, you want to just appreciate your body for what it can do and what it has done and how beautiful uh, the stretch marks can be when you look at it from the perspective of this is what my body did to create my babies. So it, it just brings this whole new spectrum of appreciation for um, appreciating your body instead of trying to change it. And so that's why I, I love that program. And I also am new to jujitsu, thanks to my husband, which is uh, very interesting because there's a lot to learn. And I feel like you have to practice a lot in order to get better. So I'm doing that three times a week with my husband. And I'm also learning a lot about um, something called non-duality, which is hard to explain. But I basically came across it through... Um, Eckhart Tolle's teachings. I know a lot of people probably know about The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, and it's basically a way uh, to kind of uh, think about life in a way, or not even think about it, but noticing how your thoughts are basically what's making you suffer. And all suffering is basically caused by this thick veil of thoughts, this dense layer of thoughts that's kind of clouding the reality of what is in this moment. Um, so I'm into that now. And then my husband is John and we've been married for almost 10 years. He's a software engineer and a business analyst. And he is crazy about jujitsu. He wants to go every night of the week now and is super passionate about it, watches YouTube videos all day and is excited that I'm doing it now too, but he's like super into it. And it's just, um, he, likes, uh, he likes chess and jujitsu is a lot like chess because when you're in certain situations it's uh, similar to wrestling but it's like how to move your body in certain situations um in order to gain the upper hand it's it's kind of hard to explain but it's fun and then um he's also likes to hang out and smoke a cigar uh and uh is into cigars and knows how to take care of them and which ones are the good ones now and is always looking for cigar buddies and then uh, we also just got a pizza maker, which is fun because it's like a, you know, it hooks up to the gas thing outside. It's like a, it's powered by the gas, but it's an actual pizza maker, fire, fire, not wood fire, but fire pizza maker. And um, so he's, he's, uh, he's learning the science of that and how uh, it's really, really great to have uh, delicious homemade pizza. And then we have Leo, my eight-year-old son, who loves Roblox and um, VR and is really into Gorilla Tag right now and Rec Room. And he just got the new um, Oculus Quest headset, which um, he's very lucky <laughs> to have gotten that. So now I was just watching him and his little sister play um, together for the first time because now she's using the older one. So that's really fun to witness them playing VR together. And then Liana is six and she loves Bluey, which is, I don't, I know you guys, I know Pam, your, your kids are grown up, but you have seen Bluey, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Healing for the soul. Like, I don't know if everybody's, I'm sure you, everybody here in this community has already seen Bluey, but it is a beautiful production, like from the music to what, just the things that they talk about. And it's just to see, to witness how the parents can be so playful with the kids and it's just such an amazing example of, um, you know, being able to um, come back to that childlike state to be with your kids and just like gentle parenting overall. It's just such a, it's so amazing. It, it makes me cry. Like I am brought to tears 
watching that show sometimes. And then um, she also loves gymnastics and um, she's gotten really good at her cartwheels and she's working on her handstands now. So that's fun. Got to be careful in the living room because, you know, flying legs every now and then, but it's good. So that's us. <laughs> I don't remember when I was a child doing the cartwheels in the living room and smacking my ankle on the dance floor. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that's my childhood indoor gymnastics <laughs> but anyway all that aside thank you so much I really that's what I love about the snapshots of people's lives like you can see um I mean maybe it's just the way my mind works but I can just see the your four lives and all those interests kind of weaving together like there are so many overlapping bits and I I love the jujitsu and and chess kind of comparison and can you know can totally see that and how like a software person would be very interested in that as well like just so much of it weaves together so beautifully thank you so much for sharing <laughs> yeah we just um had a new quest is that what it's called the oculus quest yeah oliver got the new one here too and and yeah. they're both very into gorilla tags so that's very funny and bluey is so beautiful i'm glad that you mentioned it maya so maya's 12 but she will watch it and she's just like it makes me cry you have to see this one it makes me cry oh, she it's said just that so too. beautiful yeah that's and she's she... just 12 too and i i noticed mm -hmm. the other day leo he's eight and he can he he he, he can see what the meaning is yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, there's the one episode where the, um, he's, it's like a, a um, one of the, the, the smallest, smallest daughter is like in her dream and she sees the sun and he recognized the, the, that's the, the parallel is like, oh, mom is the sun. That's what's happening there. Like he can, he could see it. And I was just like, mm -hmm. oh yes, that's so good. This is him with that storytelling, like being able to see those archetypes, right? Like you talk about Pam through Bluey. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, and all the layers. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you want to share about how you found unschooling or when yes. that was? Yes. Um, so after high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do, of course, because I never got a chance to figure that out. And uh, so I just went into like business administration after high school. Um, so my first year, first few two years of college was just studying business administration just because uh, I don't know what to do. Right. And just going through the motions and then waitressing and bartending at the same time. And then at some point I got an assistant, uh, a, a job as an assistant in a child care center. And I thought, oh, these kids are lovely. This is wonderful. Like, uh, OK, this is what I want to study. This is what I'll do. Right. So I went to school to study um, early childhood and, um, you know, was placed in for internships was placed in different public school settings. And then finally, when I graduated, got a job in a charter school, which I think now is charter schools. I mean, of course there are good ones, bad ones, but I think charter schools still have to comply a lot by state standards. So it's very hard for them to um, do things that they wanna do. But I got a job in a, in a charter school in a kindergarten classroom and basically only lasted six months because it was heartbreaking every day to see what they were doing with the charts, with the behavior charts, and then they would get punished, but then punishment was supposed to help them to do better, but it just made it worse and it made them feel shame. And 
and just the standardized tests, like we were doing standardized tests in kindergarten. Like I, like they told them they couldn't use the bathroom during the standardized tests. And I, I was like, this is just crazy. It's, and then also just, I don't know. It was just like the, the kids were just every, like the, all of the staff was just so mean. And, you know, I was expected to be mean too. I was expected to do what everybody else was doing and I just couldn't do it. And I was just like, this is, this feels wrong every day. It was just like, I, I, I'm not, I'm supposed to be doing this thing where I'm supposed to be disciplining them. And it's like, I'm supposed to be doing what the head teacher is doing. And I, I can't do it. It was just, I, I couldn't do it. And I, my husband, who's my boyfriend at the time, he witnessed all of this. And I think that since he saw what I was going through, um, that's why he signed on to homeschooling because he, he realized too, how it just doesn't make sense. Hi. What's your passcode? Show your phone. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So, um, so basically, I. Yeah. They have one. This. She needs my password because she has my phone. Um. So, anyways, uh, so yeah, so I ended up quitting that job and. You know, I had I had always had night jobs like waitressing jobs, bartending jobs, jobs in bars, and it was always really good money. So I always say like that was the reason I was able to walk away so easily from that position because I knew that I would be okay. I didn't need that job. I could still take care of myself because I had this this night job. And then um, that's when I kind of went down the rabbit hole of, I don't remember exactly how I found the podcast. The first podcast I found was um, Brett Benaut's podcast, which is uh, School Sucks. I know that you were on it, Pam, once. Uh, it's called the School Sucks Podcast. I think I searched, um, why is it so hard or something? Why is it, why? I don't know, remember what I was searching, but I came across the School Sucks Podcast and that's what led me down. Oh my God, that's what, where I learned about John Taylor Gatto and, um, you know, how the beginning of public school and what, why it was created and how back in the, you know, in the industrial revolution, how they needed trained workers to be able to do, you know, to work the machines and they needed people to just comply. And wow. Like I learned so much on that pod podcast and I, and I realized, Oh, this is why it was so hard. Like, you know, that's the intent of that, of schools. And so that's why it was so hard. And, and then that's how I came across um, Pam's podcast. And uh, that's when I started volunteering in these different schools now, because I was like, okay, I can still be a teacher. Maybe I can still find a place for myself, not in the public school setting, but somewhere else maybe. So I, I, I would just volunteer. I'd just go to these schools and be like, listen, um, can I just help you guys? What can I do to help? I'm, I'm a certified teacher, but I don't have a job right now. And so I went to the Brooklyn free school in New York where it's a democratic free school just to see how it worked. And I went to Montessori schools and volunteered. And then I ended up in a cooperative where I volunteered and uh, it was like a, a cooperative, a co-op. Yeah. Co-op. And that was the, that school was the first time that I witnessed the opposite of like what I witnessed in my first, teaching experience where the teachers were just so mean in the cooperative the teachers were so gentle 
and loving that it was just like, oh God, it just fed my soul. It was just, it was just um, a shocker to see how like, oh, you can treat them with dignity and they will cooperate. Like that is a thing. And um, so I actually ended up, they ended up hiring me, which is, I feel like what John Taylor Gatto preached about because he was a, a teacher for 30 years. And then he talked about like letting kids volunteer and putting them in the real world in these situations. And um, so I was putting myself in those situations and then I ended up getting hired. They, they hired me after a certain amount of time. And, um, and then after that um, I had my own baby and then that's when I stopped working. But um, that was also when I learned about Janet Lansbury, which is a, a woman who preaches, yes, giving dignity to your children, even when they're babies. Like when I learned about how she preaches about, um, when you pick up your baby, say to the baby, hi baby, I'm gonna pick you up now. Instead of like, oh, this is just this chunk of meat that you just do whatever you want with and you don't even treat it like it's a human because, oh, they don't understand you anyway. Like what a uh, what a gift that I got from Jan Janet Lansbury. To, um, was that was the beginning of gentle parenting and everything else, but yep. So the kids have not ever been to school and um, they're six and eight and that's where we are now. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that. I love that you were discovering this whole other world before you even, you know, had your own children, right? That you had found that connection with young kids and you're like, Oh, this is something that feeds my soul as you were saying. But then, then, you know, the the more typical route you know early childhood education and and working in in public schools and and just feeling how that did not fit because you were in a space to I that's so interesting like to see what the head teachers were trying to accomplish and seeing the impact on the kids mm. and then seeing that Oh, you know, I that's just something I'm not comfortable doing myself, engaging in myself. And then, yes, in a space where you could leave that. And then, yeah, they're reaching out to just like, oh, you know, let's try this. I can walk to you here. And yeah, I mean, that just that feeds my soul. <laughs> it's like it, it's very different, right? Where we think, oh, you know, we have to get a job. We have to stick to that. And, and coming across the School Sucks podcast, very, very interesting as just a way to open up. I don't know. It's like crank on that a little bit. It's like, you know, there's all sorts of interesting things under there. And Gatto's idea of, you know, just participating in the world and through the, vol like that connection you made between your volunteering out there to find what, what yeah. connected with you alongside that you're already kind of living that the ethos of the lifestyle before you even had your own kids and lovely that your now spouse was your boyfriend then because he could see you going through that without your own children being in the mix right because I think sometimes that can be really hard because of course we all want the best for our kids and typically, you know, the best is a good education, a good school, you know, that is a typical path. But you guys had encountered and explored that path before you actually had your own kids. So I can see how that was so super and so wonderful and lucky for them. <laughs> mm -hmm, right. 
Yeah, it sounds like like kind of having that open and curious mindset well before Pam ever said open and curious on the podcast <laughs> to you, you know, like just because it's there, like you could have gone into that work situation and just kind of held on to the same beliefs that everyone else there did, you know, but since your mind was open and curious, even then it was like, I see this, I hear what they're telling me but it's not okay with me. So let me explore. And right. Like that can just lead to a whole life journey. And I just love that. Um, I was thinking like one of my favorite shifts that happened when I started unschooling was that kind of like, maybe I had an idea about how, how my children would end up or, you know, like have kind of a vision of what childhood is like or what education is like or what my children will be like and kind of shifting to noticing how unique they are, how different they are from me, seeing them for who they are. And I love like thinking about every day as a chance of like, I'm going to get to learn something else about this unique person who's in front of me. And so like the choices that they're making and, you know, all the things that they're doing are just giving me more information about who they are as humans. And I think it's just so fun and so interesting. And I know you've also talked about that kind of like, like studying your kids or learning your kids. Um, And so I just wanted you to maybe share about what that looks like for you. So uh yeah the studying i the studying my children is what i i don't know if pam remember saying it but it was something that i got from pam um that she i i think it was talking about like buying curriculums and it's like instead of buying a curriculum like your kids are the curriculum like this is instead of like here's these books that's going to tell you what to teach them it's like how about just learn about them and then go from there like learn just so for me it's been I mean I feel like lately it's hard to um it's hard to really slow down enough especially maybe because I'm a stay-at-home mom so you know you get busy with like doing the dishes and cleaning the house and doing all the things around the house and you you see that they're okay and they're doing their own thing and they're learning and they're having fun but sometimes it's like nope you gotta like remember to come back and just sit down and not just sit down, but actually listen to them, like slow down, slow way down enough. to when they're telling you a story, really listen to the words that they're saying and really focus. Cause I feel like my mom, my mind mom is always like, Oh, I got to do this. There's things I got to do. There's something oh, I have to remember. Don't, don't forget. You got to do this. So it's, it's hard to, set that part up for a second to really slow down enough to be like, okay, so what's going on guys? Like just being present with them. And that's like the first step I feel like, especially, you know, like it just, it is, I feel like unschooling, you know, it's, it's hands off in, in a lot of ways because obviously you're just letting them like be curious and discover their own interests and everything. But also, and I know we've, you guys talked about this before, it's also like all encompassing, like um, it's all in, all hands in, because you really have to just be paying attention all the time and you have to be that that facilitator for them. And if you're not willing to do that, then it's, it's not really, you know, it's not better than school, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, but I think that, yeah, slowing down enough and 
because <laughs> it is this it is this um like the course that you have the childhood redefined it is redefining this role that we have in their lives it's like they're not just this little you know they're not just this little thing to be molded it, they're actually it's your role to um it's the, actually they're not this little thing to be molded but they are someone who's growing into their own um whatever it may be i'm not explaining that well but <laughs> you guys know what i'm talking about <laughs> and so it's our role to really be curious and then from there whatever you see that they're into offer different things to them to get them even more excited about life and learning yeah because that we can help expand their world around the pieces that they're interested in and over the years there will be all sorts of pieces that they will be interested in but they will also connect like yes I'll get myself all excited about that but it really does come back. I do love the um, just the idea of being a student of our kids. And I love the, the way you pulled that out, like rather than a curriculum. But it's like, OK, what do I do instead? You, you know, I say I don't use that. But then what do I do? But shifting it to look at our kids. Oh, my gosh, we learned so much. I think we learned so much about human beings because I remember, you know, when I first came across homeschooling and then very quickly unschooling to spend that time with my kids, I realized like how capable they are at very young ages. Like that whole molding thing, you know, comes with the idea that, well, they don't know these things. They don't know themselves. I am responsible to teach them how to be a human being. But they are human beings right from the get-go. And they have personalities. And they actually have like likes and dislikes and challenges and strengths that all make sense for who they are, right? It, and if we're not a student of them, so much of that seems random. Like, why are they mad about that? Or even, why are they mad about that today when it was fine last week? You know, there are reasons there. It, it is just so fascinating on that human level, I think, to discover who they are. And then from there, then it, it is so lot logical, but it just flows so beautifully, like the things that they're interested in or the way they like to learn and, you know, just dive into something or, you know, sit back and watch for a while. Like you, you really, you just discover who they are as a person. You don't need to teach them how to be a person. And they are just so incredibly capable of taking in what's going on in the moment and reacting, even if, you know, when they, they don't have the words for it or the, the deeper understanding, but you can see the their reaction how they are trying to communicate in that moment even if they're trying to communicate overwhelm they understand they they're feeling overwhelmed right and they're expressing it so when we learn their language you know rather than expecting and waiting for going to teach them 
you know, what, what emotions are and like what the names are for them. And I'm waiting till they can communicate that to me. And until that point, they don't really understand that. They intuitively as a human being understand so much about themselves. And when we are there with them and understanding on that level, like, and I have to backtrack and say not a perfect understanding, but we are with them as they're processing and we can like help um, like a little tweak here, you know, maybe we try something to help that might help reduce the overwhelm that they're feeling. And maybe it doesn't really work, but we've shown them a tool and we have both learned that, yeah, that doesn't help me at all <laughs> in this particular situation. Like there is no wrong. It's always, it's learning, right? We learn more about it. And again, when it comes to relationships, it's not about you know, getting it right or fixing it fast. It, even, even if we sidestep, even something goes a little bit off kilter, you know, that repair and them knowing that we're there um, because of the relationship, not their actions. You know what I mean? They don't have to act right or do the thing that we told them would solve the problem for them. And the other thing, and then I'll be quiet for a moment, but the other thing that I love that being a student of our child helps us do is something that I found to be such a huge aha moment, which is seeing things through their eyes. Like me going into a situation and I'm thinking, you know, and I care about them and I love them and something's, you know, upsetting them. And I'm like, oh, man. And I try to put myself in their shoes. And I'm like, oh, this thing would make me feel so much better. So I go and do the thing. And it does not help them at all. And I'm like, well, that's weird. That's strange. You know, something's off. Yet, how different if I can say, oh, I'm going to see this situation through their eyes. Because they're a different person. They're a different personality. They have, like, different things that overwhelm them. Different strengths. Different challenges. Like, all, they are a different human being. And if I can try to see through their eyes and have that love, level of understanding, I may choose to try and help or support them in a way that I would never want somebody to do for me. But I know them and through their eyes, and this might be more helpful for them. And when I can do that, it I do find that I am more successful at connecting with them, more successful at like helping them move through it. And when I'm looking through their eyes, I am now all of a sudden taking away that that pressure of like, I want to solve this fast. I want them to move through this fast. This is really uncomfortable for me. And when I can go and meet them where they are, all of a sudden, their timetable and their processing makes a little bit more sense to me. And I can take that edge off the pressure. Because when we're all worked up and we come at each other with that energy, that can just kind of make things spiral <laughs> even more, right? <laughs> yeah. I A couple of things came up for me um, when you were talking the first is like, it's helpful for me to remember how I felt when I was five or six, you know, like I remember being young and I remember I was me then too, you know? And so I know that my kids are themselves now, you know, I don't need to wait for them to grow in order for, for their opinions and their choices and all of those different things about them to make sense. Like they are who they are. And so that's why that curiosity of like, just 
learning more about them and getting to that point where I can see things through their eyes, um, you know, getting to that point where I know if they've made a choice, it makes sense for them. So if it doesn't make sense to me that they made that choice, I just have more to learn about them. Like that's just so fun and interesting. And I think remembering how it was for me, um, you know, that I have always felt like a human all along um, can kind of help me put that into perspective. And then Jahira, I loved how you were talking about the, um, like being really intentional about spending the time just being there and observing. Um, and I think that's so important because when when you can put something on your list, like, you know, do this math page with my kids, it's something that's easy to check off. And it's like, you know, it's like a task to do or like cook dinner, that's a task. But this kind of like, be there doesn't feel as much like I'm putting that as like a to-do list. And so it really can get just kind of pushed aside. Like I have these other, there's the work to do, there's house stuff to do, um, you know, places to go. And those kind of more like time sensitive appointments and tasks can start to kind of take over the time. And so um, I do think, especially in the beginning, or especially if, um, you know, you don't feel like you have all that kind of knowledge about who your kids are and really want to get in deeper with that, um, like taking that time and being super intentional about this is something that I'm going to do today. And what the thing is, is just sitting there with them and kind of seeing what they're doing and what they're interested in and being there. Um, and we had um, a podcast guest who listened, he, she mentioned a uh, very important sitting was the phrase she used um, to, to kind of increase the importance of that task for herself. So she felt like it really was a valuable and important thing to do. Just sitting in the living room, being there and having the kids kind of exploring the world around her. Um, it's just, it makes such a difference for them. They love it. They love having someone accessible like that. And then for me, just such a huge difference in being able to pick up on the language and what, what they are talking about, what they're thinking about. And um, yeah, just getting to know them better. I love them. It is. I, I did love that piece too. Um, it, and I think, you know what, when Anne and I started the the Living Joyfully podcast, where we were focusing more on relationships, but the very first episode was like talking about priorities, because I think that's absolutely it. It's so easy to get caught up in prioritizing the tasks that are like more defined, right? Like, yeah. I know what I have to do. I pretty much know what I have to do. And I can just, you know, I can get that done and I can knock it off. So yeah, the the naming it, just understanding that, oh, you know, with our choices and our lifestyle, this is something that's a priority for me. And, you know, if it helps to frame it as being a student of my child, and this is my learning time, you know, it, it's learning about ourselves in such a way that we know how to frame or we learn how to frame things such that we will give it the priority, um, commensurate with the value that we get out of it. Because it is such a valuable thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, you forget how valuable it is to just sit. Like you said, Erica, it's like, oh, well, that's not a thing. It's like, that's the most important thing. If, you, if I think about what my values are, 
my top three, of course, my children, you know, that connection with my children, like that's connection. That's what's going to nourish them. And if they feel nourished, then everything just is so much easier from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think, I think this, this uh, last question is going to flow very nicely from this whole conversation because I, I have found that for many of us, it, when we embrace unschooling, it does become almost like a spiritual practice, right? There are lots of different facets to it that ebb and flow over time. Like we were just talking about that presence in the moment, being there, challenging so many of our deep-rooted beliefs, which, you know, you did a good chunk of before even having uh, children and breaking the cycle of our own childhood trauma. Like there could be so much to process there as well. Um, so I just thought it would be great to hear some of your experience around this aspect of unschooling or this way of looking at the de-schooling and unschooling process and lifestyle. Yeah, I think that, you know, in the beginning, it was so much, it was just about education. It was just yeah. about, oh, okay, there's a different way that they can learn. It doesn't have to be like that. You know, let's find out about it. Find out about these different schools and these theories about education. And then, you know, the years go by, and um, you realize it's a spiritual thing because, um, I mean, spirituality and I mean, I guess religion and spirituality. It's like dealing with the unknown. You don't like this existence of being alive. What is this? And people turn to religion to try to kind of comfort that feeling of the unknown. Like, okay, I, I can, I can have faith in this thing, or I can believe in this thing. I mean, I'm, I'm still very um, open to my husband. Um, he's been going to church uh, more lately and, um, it's a Catholic church and I'm open to, yes, what is this existence and what are they, what are they teaching there? What are they, you know, I, I don't, I don't know much about, you know, the Christian and the, the Christians and how they, how they, they have this deep faith and it seems to really be this healing thing. It's like this beautiful um, way of just having faith um, in about this lifetime. So it, so I think, unschooling becomes a spiritual thing because it it's the same thing like it's like okay I have to trust here because I don't I'm, I don't I don't know this unschooling thing like this is a new thing and like people don't even know about it and they think it's radical when I tell people that my kids well let alone home, homeschooling is already like a wow you do but if I try to explain unschooling it's like what it's like so it, you know for me, it's been like I have gained the confidence because of the stories that I've heard. And for the, so many people who have done it, have come before me and shown that it's that um, it can be done. But there is still this thing inside where it's like, whew, I got to really I really got to stay present here and look at these old beliefs and trust that like, OK, this is um it's going to be okay. Like this is, this nourishment is what's most important with the children, not this education thing. So yeah, with the trust and mystery and that parallel with spirituality. 
I love that. It's the, the, the trust piece. Um, that wasn't what came to mind for me at first, but absolutely. I love that you mentioned that because yeah, when we first come to it and we're learning about it and we are hearing from people who've done it or who have much more experience um, than we do and, you know, it's making sense to us. But then, yes, I mean, you still need to trust because you don't know, well, how's that actually going to work in our <laughs> right? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have your kids. And you know what? I think one of the big things that I found, I mean, I remember thinking it um, during the, at the beginning of the transition, thinking that, well, all these experienced families, I love the relationships with their kids that they're talking about. And I am really worried that they just have easy kids. Right? <laughs> I remember that so hard. It's like, how is this relationship I have going to look like that relationship sometime in the future? But, you know, they say it does. And it makes sense to me the way they explain the process. So, you know what? I'm going to trust and I'm going to dive in and engage with the process. I think one of the challenges comes if we choose not to engage, we just say, oh yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, kind of hands off, we just let them do their thing. Um, that kind of really, that deeper relationship, that strong, connected, trusting, you know, relationship would be much harder to, to develop with our kids in that kind of situation where we're kind of worried about engaging with them, worried about, oh, maybe, you know, I shouldn't be, I don't want to be telling them what to do, right? We don't do that. Um, but if you, instead of thinking about the education, because that's where we're first coming to it. So many of us, it's like, well, if they're not going to school, how else are they going to learn? How are they going to become educated? You know, so that's what we think we're replacing. And it's like, oh, well, if I'm not focused on that, what do I do? <gasps> Focus on the relationship. Be a student of your child. Like, engage with them. Be with them there. You can Engage, it, it's a, a new way, it was for me anyway, to learn how to engage with a person without directing them in the way that I would think this moment should unfold, right? Like, uh, and to to be able to, and the sitting, very important, like it all ties together. But watching them in the moment and seeing how they take it while being with them. So that I, if I'm not with them, I can't see how it's unfolding. I can't learn about them. I can't see them making a different choice and go, oh, yeah, that's not a choice I'd make, but it sure makes sense for them. And it works out I'm like, oh, man, because I maybe I saw it and I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. But I'll mm -hmm. let them discover it for themselves. And it does. And you go like, boom, <laughs> so much learning my way isn't the only way it isn't the right way I can say it's the right way for me but yeah all back to that trust and then engaging in the moment and that's how we build that trust too right because we start to see it unfolding in our own families right we start and often it looks a little bit different you know all unschooling families are different because we're all different people in them but, you know, to see that that trust piece unfolding right then and there in front of us, 
um, you know, over those first few months and years. And then that becomes so valuable, that becomes our priority, right? And then it's so much easier to lean into that when we realize, oh, if I focus on just my relationship with them, like everything else just kind of bubbles up out of that, we're all like doing the things that we're interested in. We're all learning. We're all, you know, enjoying those pieces. We're all having things go wrong. We're all like, you know, tweaking and changing and like doing all those pieces. Oh yeah, this is, this is life. This is, you know, the, the lifestyle that we've chosen, the practice. I love thinking of unschooling as a practice and spirituality as a practice because it's just showing up each day and being like present in the moment and bringing that just kind of ethos and the who I want to be into my engagement with my children, but also other, you know, any human being that I want to be in that close of a relationship with, that I want to be connected with, want to have a trusting relationship. I get to choose who I want to have that depth of a relationship with, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it is interesting, like how the unschooling journey leads to all of these kind of deeper, the deeper processing, the deeper kind of revelations and all of the, you know, the questioning, the beliefs and the kind of breaking our cycle of trauma. Um, but it makes sense. And I think it, it, it starts with that curious mindset that comes, you know, kind of towards the beginning of unschooling, like, what if, like, is this possible? That kind of, kind of starting place to me, it felt almost like just opening my mind up to possibilities rather than just thinking, I already know the answers, or I already know what's going to happen, or I already know who my kids are going to become. I know who I am, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Once I really started being in the moment with these new humans and really seeing, okay, they are different than me. People are different. Like it, it just like one kind of curious thought led to another. And it really does just become this much deeper process um, of kind of self-discovery. And I don't know, just so many really valuable things happen, I think, along the journey, if we can kind of keep our minds open and just, yeah, like focus on the relationships, the relationships with ourselves and the relationships with our family. And I don't know, it's it's just an incredible journey. Yeah, that whole thing where you say, like, I know, I know this, and I know that, and I know who I am. It's like what I talked about, what we what we look at in non-duality, how it's like this thick layer of like, oh, yeah, I know. I know how this is. Oh, we're so sure of it. We just know. We just know. It's like, you don't know anything. We don't even know what is this. This could be a VR game in itself. You know what I mean? Like, we, we get so caught up in that. And I think it it, it, it is because of all those years of schooling that we went through that it's just, it's, it's just, it's just mind blowing. Here's an example of like uh, what, uh, an, an epiphany I have the other, I had the other day. So I thought it'd be a great idea to take the kids to go see um, the Nutcracker. I did research on it and I thought it was going to be like this kid friendly show with like child actors and like, I just thought it was a great idea. I showed them the video the video real quick. And I, I said, you know, this looks like it'll be fun, right? And they're like, yeah, that looks like fun. 
this is what ends up happening. I end up buying, I end up insisting to my husband to buy the tickets. Um, he's a real homebody. And I'm the one that's always like, let's go try this thing. Like, let's introduce the kids to this and that and stuff. So, um, so I insist that he buy the tickets and he did. I mean, he wasn't that happy about it, but he did buy the tickets. We end up going there and it's, it ends up being like the ballet. It's, it's just the ballet. It's like a nutcracker ballet. It's just them dancing and the, and the kids, they sat through the first, be, be, the first act, I guess. And then the intermission. And then of course the intermission, it's like, oh, like get to go home now. Right. I'm like, no, no, that's just, this is the intermission. What? Oh God. What a, this, so now I'm embarrassed to say it, but like now I'm insisting that they, that we don't leave and that we stay for the second act because I have this belief now, which now I, I could only see it. Hindsight's 2020. I could only see it afterwards that I had this belief in my head. Well, my head, I made my husband buy the tickets. So now we can't leave now because I made him buy the tickets. And what if now he's going to be mad at me for if we leave early and like he bought the tickets and he spent money on that. And like, there's this whole thing, right? I really let that get the best of me in that moment. And I wasn't conscious of it then, but um, we ended up staying. The kids were so upset and I should have just said, you know what, let's just go. But I didn't. And, you know, Leo was crying. Now I feel guilty. So, so then we stayed, it was okay, ended up being okay. But, you know, I realized in that moment that this was like him, him being there and not wanting to be there like, imagine that every single day of your life for fucking eight hours a day. Like, that, that, you know, I had a glimpse of, like, oh, my God. Like, he had to do it for an hour. Imagine you wake up in the morning and then you have to, <laughs> you have to go somewhere you hate and sit through it for eight hours a day for however many hours of your life. What, like, what that does to a human being, that really, it makes you lose that touch, you know, that makes you lose this um, inner connection with, with whatever spiritual thing is going on. Right. And, and it's just like, I, I, it was a bad thing that I made him go through that, but it just helped me remember too, that, I mean, imagine like th that's, so we had to go through that and that's just layers and layers after day upon day about going through this. And it's just, it's just, um, it's shocking that we do that to people. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that story. And, oh my gosh, yes. Like, <clears throat> but I don't know, for me anyway, like I did not even realize when I was in, like there was just no choice. Like you yeah, didn't resign to. <laughs> exactly. You're just like completely resigned and, how am I going to make the best of this? Because yeah. this is my life, right? And oh my gosh, like there is so little choice. And like you said, like that the spiritual aspect, the understanding of ourselves, like it is so hard. Like I can kind of learn who I am within the constraints of all that, but there is just so much control over your life. You really just have no idea who you would be without that it reminds me I remember 
like um Lissy and Girl Guides and you know they were going off to high school and they're like oh you coming to school you're gonna come try at high school then you know I know you're not going but now we're going to high school high school is gonna be awesome we have like so much more time to ourselves we have like a, we can get a free period and you know we can leave for lunch like all these it just felt like their world was opening up And they literally would say, like, what do you do? Like, your life must be so boring because they could not envision what somebody would do if they didn't have to go to a building and, like, <laughs> engage with the people who were in that same building with them. Like, they, even as kids, could not imagine what they would do with that time. And so, yes, it is just... It when it really goes deep when yeah. you start thinking about it, doesn't it? My, Leo was playing video games. He got on with a cousin of his who's an old. He's older. He's uh, he's probably like fifteen or sixteen. So they're playing Fortnite together because Leo just started playing Fortnite, and um, and so they're on the Discord talking, and and um, um, cousin, his cousin goes, so wait, you don't go to school? And he's like, no. He's like, so what do you do all day? To Leo, and Leo's like, I play games. I just, he's like, you just play games all day. Like you just, you game all day. Like, and that's it. Like that's what, that's what you get to do. And Leo's like, yeah, pretty much. And like for, for this kid, it's like, what? Like he can't, he can't conceive like, and, and it's almost, and you know, to hear it as a mom too, it's like, you hear like, oh, he's just playing games all day. But like, nobody knows what that means. Like, do you understand that he learned how to read, write and do math? through playing games all day like it's like no way you know <laughs> yeah yeah just like the time and space that you have in this kind of lifestyle it's such a gift and it's something that you don't even realize like what it could mean you know if you don't have it and I was thinking too that after we leave that system of schooling like we impose that on ourselves forevermore mm -hmm, unless yeah, we start to question it and mm -hmm. so it really like that really is such a big part of the unschooling journey is just like realizing how much of our mind now is kind of structured by school and starting to question things and starting to kind of change some of the things we believe about ourselves and about the world. And yeah, it's pretty amazing. I know. Can you just, it is, it's like, because school just leads into, you know, into college, university, into getting a job, into like all those things, like you were talking about earlier, Jahara, right? That's, that's kind of the path and that's what that's training us for and oh my gosh I know it's just so exciting remembering back when it's like oh, I can question those things <laughs> like I can make different choices and you yeah. know the the world won't blow up you know like like it it is it's just amazing and it does they they reach all aspects of your life right like all of a sudden It's like, oh, this is up for grabs and I can actually try and figure out just what makes sense to me as a human being. And then like I still I learned so much about that by watching my kids that, oh, you can just make choices and see how they turn out and and then make a different choice and make another choice. Make mm, and you're like, I forgot about that. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you know, when you when you slow down enough to just be present with them then you're not so you're not um 
you're not uh, being controlled by that veil of thoughts. Now, okay, I'm going to slow down. And like I've talked about that on the on the calls too, where if something does come up where I'm starting to feel anxious, I'm like, oh, I can feel a feeling coming up. There's ang- there's something feels anxious. Hmm. What is that? What's that about? Like that space to be curious and to slow down enough to be like, okay, oh, I see. Here's this belief. Okay. Oh, I'm believing this. I'm believing if he doesn't do it this way, it's not, it's not going to go right, you know, or, and it just, it takes a lot to be able to, that's why it's like, I, I know I, I do want to go to church with my husband and I want to see what it's all about. And I want to learn about the Christians and Jesus Christ and how it's, but at the end of the day, it's like, when I meditate, like that quiet space, it's like, that is my church. I'm like, okay, this is, here's where, you know, this is where the peace is. Like, I don't need to seek it by telling, by, by some dogma or some, you know, somebody else telling me how I should be or how I should treat people. It's like that, this silence here is the, is the source of like everything good or something, you know, like we talked about on the call where it's like when you can slow down enough to be like, whoa, all these thoughts are going and all these sensations are going, but hold on a minute. Let me just slow down enough to just, you know, get, get him back into my senses. What's What am I hearing? What am I feeling? Okay, I can see it's, it's just right here, right now. Then from this quiet place, okay. Now this is, life is gonna take me to what needs to be done instead of the, the mind and all the beliefs and all the years of schooling telling me, you know, what I should be and what will make me happy. And, and I'm so sure of it. <laughs> I'm sure, right. sure, this is gonna make me happy. It's like, no, actually, none of that shit's going to make you happy. What's going to make you happy is slowing down enough to just connect with these people, right? Right in front of you. And that's, yeah, it's just so beautiful. I'm just so thankful that I came across unschooling. And it's just a, a blessing. It's a blessing, right? Yes. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Jahira. We really enjoyed speaking to you. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope that you found it helpful on your unschooling journey. And if you enjoy these conversations, I really think you'd love the Living Joyfully Network. It's such an amazing group of people connecting and having thoughtful conversations about all the things that we encounter in our unschooling lives. And you can learn more at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash network. And if you've been on the fence, you can join with a monthly subscription option. So you can check it out for a month, meet the community, explore the archive of themes and resources, and join in the conversations to get a sense for how the network could fit into your life. And we hope to see you there. Wishing everyone a lovely week. Bye. 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 Thanks so much, Sahara. Lovely to see you. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.